following podcast may contain adult language and an abundance of salt. So get ready, nerds, because we're talking Farscape, the final episode of season one, Family Ties. Welcome, everyone. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Salty Nerd Podcast. We're talking Farscape season one finale. I'm joined, as always, by my awesome panel of nerds. Matt Vader's here. What's up, dude? Thank God, <laughs> bro. It's the end of the month. Our watch party was Kadish. <laughs> it's the end of the this, month. This show, my friend, my my brother, <laughs> is um, testing my patience and our friendship, <laughs> and you don't even realize it because every every Monday night, me and Alex get together and we curse you to oblivion. Mm-hmm. It's like, what the fuck, man? What is going on with this show? You know, it, it's really kind of fun. It's really kind of fun. It's but fun, but this this show, dude. Uh, I, and I know I'm gonna get some some fucking Farscape nerds gonna come on. Well, actually, if you paid attention to blah, 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 blah. and and Star Trek, they did this before that. Blah, Jude is blah, also blah. here. <laughs> Save yourself for a minute, buddy. Shut we'll up, V. It's uh, my time to shine. I, I need a drink. Okay. <laughs> Drink your Tito's. We'll get to it in a minute. Jesus. All right, Matthew Kadish, you have some explaining to do. I can't believe I'm surrounded by such people with terrible taste in oh. TV. Farscape's brilliant. I'm surprised you guys didn't didn't like it. Um, really? What? I, I I am because like it, it's great science fiction. It's like the ending of, of this season. Uh-huh. I thought was like so poignant. You know, it was all about the relationship between the characters, and there was like some epic stuff that happened. And you all don't appreciate it. So no, screw you. No, I do not appreciate child. it. <laughs> we watched it together, Kadish and I, last oh, night. Sorry. And oh, it God. ended. And he goes, what'd you think? And I went, eh. Yeah, that's, I mean, that's what Crichton goes, did to his dead goes, girlfriend, so, uh, right? So what does that mean? And I was like, um. <laughs> uh, I guess I, so I was expecting, um. I mean, ultimately, I guess I just don't care. I I, I feel like because we only watched five episodes. That's hard. From, from the yeah. first, it's really from hard. The first we season. We missed a lot in between. You, yeah, you guys didn't really get a chance to kind of get into the characters. Also, I really and, feel like we wasted a five-episode month on this. I know, right? <laughs> I would have much rather done something You, you know what my, 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 my biggest issue, and especially was apparent last night, and it wasn't really the fact that it – we didn't have a lot of context for stuff that was happening because I kind of feel like we sort of did, right? But my issue was was with it, the, the whole thing felt like it was overdubbed. Like there was voice tracks on top of the actors. I mean, there's literally places in this episode where the where the the the, the and maybe it's a YouTube thing or or whatever the video is we were watching. Maybe it, it's just a poor copy that we were watching. Yeah. But the the dubbing was bad. The editing felt completely wonky. And, and the transitions and the edits, I was lost the entire. I, I, I mean, the episode time. I watched, dubbing was fine. I don't know what so, you're talking about with that. I don't know. It just <laughs> it just felt weird, and I could not follow this show. I haven't been able to connect and, to any and, of the characters. And, and that's that's been my biggest problem. Is like Crichton and his girlfriend. I I, I just I don't feel anything about them. I, I absolutely hated the constant nonstop keyboard music. Oh, that yeah. was playing in the background. It yeah. was obnoxiously bad. Okay, it was just obnoxious, and it was just like that nineties nineties synth on the, yeah. on the keyboard. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I just there was just I I I I, I hate to shit on Matthew's love, but it's just I I can't watch this show. I just can't. 
It's just, I can't do it anymore. I'm not going to revisit and I'm, it. And I'm glad this month is over, to be perfectly honest. <laughs> um, I get it. We tried. Um, I probably never gave this show a fair shot because I only watched the episodes we needed to watch for this show. But um, this one isn't it. This isn't the one I'm going to... This this show did not make me want to waste 100 hours of my life to catch up on it. Mm-hmm. You, I, I will, you, you I will say I mean? this. The season finale of this episode, or of, of the show, uh, season one, it sets up a lot of stuff for season two, which is when the show really starts to shine. Mm-hmm. So like a lot of the episodes we watched were kind of set up for this episode and going forward, the, the story that unfolds. Season one's a little bit more episodic and... Uh, it kind of lays the groundwork for a lot of like the major story arcs in, in the series. And um, I think that uh, you guys are giving up on it a bit too soon. Okay. That's fair. All right, guys. So how this is going to work is we're going to break down the episode scene by scene and chat about what we liked and what we didn't like. So stay tuned for that. We're going to be right back and uh Kate is going to take over and talk about the episode. I'm so, going to go take a nap. I'm going to drink a <laughs> little bit more in like of this minutes. fantastic. Yeah. I don't know if I can say it on YouTube, but this fantastic whiskey that uh, Jude got me <laughs> oh, this week. Let me, let me grab the bottle. Okay. All right. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Welcome back, everybody. Hey, if you guys like what we do and you want to help support us, you can head over to saltynerd.com slash DC and download a video game called Dragon Champions on your mobile device. It's a lot of fun, easy to play hero collection game where you get to upgrade your heroes and go on the war path and hang out with cool people like us on our uh, guild. So this is how it works. You guys go into the promo code area and type in salty in the promo code and that gives you a leg up. It gives you a couple extra coins, some extra little bit of money and a cool character to play with and that helps you get to level 20. Once you're at level 20, join our guild. Our guild is ran by one of our patrons, JT, who has a ton of fun setting up these raids and stuff like that. And we have uh, two people here who are level 80 in the game, which is the highest you can get. So proud of you guys. So you guys work so hard at it. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> and it's <laughs> just great job, guys. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> you guys can uh, join our guild and have a ton of fun with us. And if you have questions about the game, you can head to our Discord. We have a chat dedicated to Dragon Champions where you guys can ask advice and uh, figure out how to pursue the game a little bit faster and, you know, go full tilt. So head over to saltynerd.com slash DC. All right, Farscape, Mr. Kadish, take it away, sir. All right, so Farscape, season one, episode 22, entitled Family Ties, only without Michael J. Fox. One of the things I like about this show is is Crichton uh, always, like, references some type of, like, pop culture yeah. uh, whenever he's, like, you know, on screen. He tried, he name-dropped Jerry Springer in this episode, I and I was like, nobody <laughs> fucking knows who you're talking about, weird, bro. right? <laughs> Jerry Springer. <laughs> I mean, early '90s. Everyone knew. Oh, no, no. I mean, moment. I mean, oh no, Martians get that joke. In the, yeah, in the context of the show, we get it. I mean, I don't know people who are like young this kids is, nowadays. Don't know. When did he? But but that, that's part of the gag is like yeah. no one gets Crichton. Yeah. Everyone thinks he's like really weird. It's like I expect one of the characters to be like, "Who the fuck is Jerry Springer?" Honestly, that's how I go through most of my life. <laughs> no, no, but by by this point, they're just used to like not caring about mm-hmm. like his references because they're just like, we don't get it. Yeah. I like this morning when I said to you, I myself am strange and unusual. I and you were it. like, hey, what's going on with you? And I was like, God damn it. I'm like, why do you keep quoting him? <laughs> what is that? Is it's that a poem? Juice. God damn it. Sorry. <laughs> I was like, this, is, this has been me since I was 14 years like, old. Might have seen that movie once, like 18 <laughs> and years like, ago. And everyone around me going like, I don't know what you're saying. Yeah. I'm like, it's fucking my science project. <laughs> All right, Kate, just go ahead. All right, so after getting stuck in an asteroid field in the previous episode, the crew of Moya now has a bigger problem. Rigel has taken a transport pod and is headed toward Krace's command carrier. 
The rest of Moya's crew aren't happy. Apparently, his imminence is out to strike a deal with Scorpius and Crace by betraying them all. Crace, meanwhile, wonders why Rigel is on his way to them alone, and Scorpius remarks that perhaps he wants to become a part of Crace's collection, referring to the Hynerian trophies in Crace's quarters, aka all the severed heads. Crace thinks it's all a game to Scorpius, however, he denies it, saying that he cares a great deal about one thing, the wormhole technology that Crichton holds. Lieutenant Bracca brings in Rigel, who says he can deliver them the Leviathan, its gunship offspring, the defector Aaron's son, and especially John Crichton in exchange for his freedom. Are they interested? So did the Muppet betray them? I'm, I feel like I'm he missing- tried. I'm feeling he like tried. I'm missing yeah. some context. It's like you went over there, it's like, hey man, I'm gonna be a turncoat. Yeah, yeah. But then they said, nah, fuck you. And you went back to the ship and everything was cool. You know is that the, really what happened? The funny, it feels no, like no, it, right? the funny thing is, is that they're still in contact with him. I feel like they probably could have fired on him. And they're like, don't do this. And he's like, I'm doing it. And they're just like, keep on. Was it well, like well, a, well, Moya doesn't have any weapons. Okay. So no, they can't, but her kid they, does. They can't, well, I mean, he's a kid and he doesn't know how to use him yet. And they don't know how to control him. Hmm. So one of the interesting things about doesn't the character, have weapons on one her? of the interesting things about the character of Rigel is that he's kind of like the consummate um, self-preserver. Mm -hmm. So like whenever he's in a situation where he's in danger, he has to, like, he always figures out, okay, how can I survive this? And they were in a uh, very untenable situation. So he's like, you know what? I'm just gonna go over there and win my freedom by giving these guys what they want in exchange for not having to be on the run anymore. Mm -hmm. and, and you kind of see his negotiation tactics. But one of the interesting things about this episode is he points out that like, he's like the strategist on the Moya, like everything that like he orchestrated their escape in the first episode and like every kind of like strategic thing that they've done, even though this isn't like 100% true, but he's kind of been the one, the brains behind the operation. And so like uh, one of the interesting things about this show is like the crew never really trusted one another up until like, you know, they went through a lot of adventures and stuff like that. And by the time you get to this episode, which is entitled Family Ties, mm -hmm. it's really about how the crew has grown to rely on one another and become a family. And that's what makes the, the journey over season one kind of like meaningful in my opinion. And it, because e even, you know, at the end, even though Rigel tried to betray them at the beginning of this episode, they still accepted him as as part of the the family. And, you know, like with Crichton's goodbye, he's like, hey, Sparky, you can still have my stuff and, <laughs> and you know, all that good stuff. So like, I, I feel like, like Rigel was very kind of consistent in his self-preservation type character he's he's inherently mm. selfish mm -hmm. but at the same time like uh the, the crew just kind of knows like oh that's rigel you know but they didn't expect uh they didn't expect him to actually like Did, betray them does aaron have weapons on her shuttle so uh she has a peacekeeper spacecraft that i believe has weapons so they could have just like taken him out and they chose not to well, the thing, the, the thing is, is that they couldn't have just taken him out because the uh, peacekeeper carrier from, from Crace and Scorpius, they were searching the asteroid field for them. And so mm -hmm. they had they had other prowlers out there looking for them. And if if they had clocked Sun or, or Aaron's ship, they would have shot her down. OK, so, you know, like they, they really couldn't do anything at that point after like Rigel basically okay. ran for it. So it wasn't it wasn't a case of let's trust him. It was a case of our hands are tied. Yeah, yeah, yeah they basically couldn't stop him okay okay yeah it seems like i feel go ahead i feel like rigel should have been you know shot, out, shot out the airlock i it's i would i still feel that way it's the end of season one <laughs> Look, and i'm kind of like yeah maybe kill that guy he's yeah. like a rapist muppet who yeah, also a, wants to betray you he's like farts yeah. helium and, yeah 
he's a little piece of shit. He likes to like. He's selfish. Yeah, I don't like him. Speaking of the helium, uh, I had a birthday <laughs> recently, and somebody sent me an edible arrangement that had a balloon a attached. <gasps> did you suck the helium out of it? I did, uh, and wow. I thought of Rigel while I did it. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like sucking Hymerian farts. Yeah, it's great. I was I'm such a fucking weirdo. Yeah, I was poor thing. To, I was listening to Tom Jones. I have a thing for crooners. I was listening to Tom Jones in my kitchen, and uh, <laughs> were, were you singing with the healing I voice? I was. I was. And I was like, she's a lady. <laughs> God damn it. It was really fun. I oh, highly uh, recommend it. I, I, I will movie. say that because you guys didn't see like the full season, like Rigel, he is part of the crew and like he is a, a like friend of all these people, like, or they consider him a friend, even though like he's a, he's the annoying friend, you know? Um, but uh, yeah, I, I felt like this was, was just par for the course for Rigel. Does he have a use though? Like what does he contribute he's to the crew? Kind of a king. Which might pan out later. You know what Rigel needs? To be played uh, by a human? No. He, well, that, yeah. Um, <laughs> he needs a shell. Like a big brown snail shell. You think he looks like a snail? I, th I think he looks like a snail. Okay. He needs, uh, a, he needs a mobile home. I think he needs a snail shell on his back. <laughs> Something that he can, like, suck up into. You, you know You know what I mean? <laughs> sure. Why not? I feel like that's just because you recently got a tortoise. <laughs> Morty? Morty the Morty, tortoise. Morty, Morty, the, Morty tortoise. the tortoise. God damn yeah. it. All right, Kadesh, yeah. go ahead. All right. Pilot has plotted a course out of the asteroid field, but Moya refuses to leave her offspring who cannot starburst. It can't use its weaponry effectively until it's fully grown. John tells Aaron and Dargo that he will not be taken alive by the peacekeepers because he's been in the Aurora chair and he will not go back. <laughs> He asks what would happen if one of them pretends to dock with the command carrier, but at the last second drives the transport pod straight into the bridge. Aaron says that it won't cripple their operations, but Crichton then asks what would happen if the carrier was loaded with explosives. Okay, I have a question. Am I the only person, am I, am I, the, am I the sexual deviant here that thinks that... Like all all of the names for things are something very sexual. Like I feel like every time they say starburst, I'm like, is that a sex organ? And like, uh, there's something else. Uh, the the Aurora chair. I'm like, is that a sex chair? The, everything sounds so like we're trying to make it Listen, sexy. That's just like, how we roll. That's how we. And cope. that guy's fault. That guy's chin looks like. Listen, a set yeah, of balls. that's that's where it starts. Okay, Scorpius, the, the reason. Scorpius. Scorpius. Yeah. Oh, the reason Scorpius. the reason why you're leaning, I think, in that direction where like everything seems sexual is because you've got Gimp Vader walking around this show. Not him. <laughs> the other Gimp Vader. <laughs> With the ball. It's like, oh, so are we officially coming out? <laughs> <laughs> no. It's just you can't help you're watching this and like this dude's in like full alligator leather. Yes, yes. Onesie. He's got a face bra on and his chin yeah. is a set of balls. I didn't notice this last night, okay? Until last night. But um Gim Gim Vader, Scorpius, listen. <laughs> You'll, you'll, never, you'll, you'll never Vader watch. Scorpius. You'll never see this show different again. The dude is the fucking leather man from some Saturday Night Live. He does not move without you hearing that. <laughs> without hearing the squeaky leather noise. I'm not joking. I'm not fucking joking. Get in every the sex every chair. Every scene he moves. Yeah, it's like. <laughs> 
<laughs> and it's grating. Uh-huh. It's unbelievable. And it's like, I don't know if I, why I didn't pick it up before, but this episode in particular, it was like the boom mic was like right on top of him. Yeah. And every time he moved, it was like leather squeaks. Yeah. And, and, I, and I kept on waiting for Horatio Sands to pop out and go, I'm the leather man. Crack the whip. It's worse than that, You guys don't know what I'm talking about with the leather man thing. But no, yeah. it's worse than that, though. Yeah. It's not like ee, ee, it's more like the the sound of skin on leather, which oh, is more brutal. like a like a. <laughs> sound. It's like it's like, and that's when I say earlier about the, the editing and the sound and stuff. It's like we don't need the leather squeaks. Why are we adding that? Moves. My question is: Is that a thing that a sound effects person put in for the show, or could they just not so, edit it like, out? Maybe when, when, maybe when I, when I see when I see Scorpius in his leather sound outfit, chin balls, and, and I see. Crace discount Jimmy Smith's. Right. Right? Yes. I'd see Jimmy Kimmel and Horatio Sands. <laughs> That's what I see. And I can't well, unsee I it see now. It. You know what I'm talking <laughs> I about. I do. Yeah. I didn't want that in my head. Well, it's there now. There Ricky Bobby, don't put that voodoo in my head. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry, Kish. We're just completely dismantling this show. <laughs> It was true though, because I was we were doing a live watch party about this, and like, he t- he put that in the chat. He's like, "Dude, I can hear him squeaking," and I was like, oh. "And it was like the glass shatter moment where like somebody points something out to you, and now you can't un yep. undo it, and that, it's in there now. It's there. It's an earworm. I'm like, now. I can't not see every time he walks around. I'm just like, oh my god. Anyway, continue. Sorry. <laughs> All right. Rigel is now having a full-on meal on the carrier when Scorpius says that he could easily put Rigel in the chair, but he says that, or Rigel says it will not work, and Crace agrees that a, a Hynerian would die almost instantly from the stress of the Aurora chair. Scorpius agrees that he will exchange Rigel's freedom for Crichton, saying the rest is insignificant. However, Rigel, in addition to handing over Crichton, wants a ship, crew, and even more in exchange for his betrayal. Scorpius says Rigel is lying about why he's there, but Rigel denies this. Scorpius tells the guards to lock him up, but Rigel says no. Scorpius needs him because Crichton will not be taken alive. Knowing this to be the truth, Scorpius asks Rigel if he will help them capture Crichton, and Rigel agrees. I have a theory about why they don't want to put this dude in the chair. And I don't think it's because, oh, he's not going to be able to make it. He's... It's gonna fart. It's gonna no fart in the chair. He is probably up. the most sexually deviant person in the show, and they're like, like, look, dude, just don't. You put him in that chair, and we're gonna see some shit that we don't need to see. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's accurate. I think you make a really good point. <laughs> I think they're just afraid. Also, I, I, I think that they're they were like, yeah, he'll probably fucking die. <laughs> also, <laughs> I, I if, you put, if you put salt on him, does he like shrivel up? Mm. Maybe. <laughs> Yeah, maybe. That'd be great. Also, I think I think he was kind of like, you know, in one sense I might die, but like, I mean, that's how I kind of want to die. In the sex chair. Yeah, in the yeah. sex chair. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought it was funny how Rigel was pointing out the fact that he has three stomachs, and by the time like uh, two are full, the other one's empty again. So like, he's just always hungry. Is that do you do you totally bond with him. that? You bond with that, don't you? I, I eat a lot. Have you, have you ever seen this dude that's all you can eat? He Korean barbecue eats place? the shit out of me. It's like disgusting. <laughs> it is unbelievable. You how let much Kadish food you eat. eat the shit out of you? It is hilarious. <laughs> Look, I mean, I'm a big dude, right? Yeah. Kadish and I go to a Korean barbecue all you can eat place. I'm done after like one round. Yeah, you just keep drinking. 
and, While he's and eating. he does like four full rounds of shit on the grill. It's really kind of disgusting. That, that's not because I'm hungry. It's because I want to get my money's worth. I, I get it. I totally exactly. get it. Cheap. But, but dude, I can't move after the first round. I'm like, oh, okay. Jesus gonna, Christ, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to give you the insider's code. <laughs> It's not all you can drink. You have to pay for each drink. Yeah. And I'm the only one who drinks. Yeah. So I keep ordering drinks and saying, hey, are you ordering more? Okay, I'm going to get another drink. And mm -hmm. then he knows he has to pay for those drinks. Mm -hmm. And he's like, you know what? We can go. I'm like, that's <laughs> fine. That's fine. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. No, That's I, how you do it, V. I'm like one small plate and I'm done. Yeah. So that places like that really aren't worth it for me. Yeah. I understand. But uh, You're not an all you can eat Uh. He's not Money's a Homer Simpson kind of guy. No, I'm really not. Like, give me, give me a good plate for like forty bucks, and I'll be happy, and I'll bail. But like a sixty dollars buffet, forty bucks. Forty bucks. Good Jesus lord, Christ. Mr. Moneybags over here. <laughs> <laughs> That's like the average cost of a steak these days. That's what I could. Yeah. <laughs> like a good steak with a couple sides, it's forty bucks. Me and my wife got out of dinner last night for thirty bucks, including the tip. That's like crazy. Oh, that taco. Like, stop at this, talking at this, about at this it. New, at this taco place I found down down downtown. Let's, let's talk about tacos. But uh, in the second half of this show. Um, and, yeah. And we'll, Let's, that, let's let Kadish okay. finish this off. Go ahead, Kadish. What's next? Should we stop and order tacos? Yes. Yeah, right. yeah, they want yes. tacos. During our break, we're going to order tacos. <laughs> snail meat, snail tacos. Mm. <laughs> Rigel tacos. I mean, I'd still eat it. <laughs> okay. Go ahead, Kadish. All right. Dargo tries to convince Chiana to wear some chains when the peacekeepers come and raid Moya, so they think that she's a prisoner. But Chiana rejects this idea with a vengeance because no one chains up Ch Chiana. Meanwhile, Zahn is whipping up a substance that becomes explosive when mixed with certain items, and she says that she has made a family on Moya, but feels that it's all coming to an end. John replies that for what it's worth, she is part of his family. Aaron is with Pilot, trying to comfort him, since he is sharing Moya's pain. He says that they have grown close in their time together, and Aaron's Prowler is still on board so she can leave and not be captured by the peacekeepers. However, Aaron tells him that she is not going anywhere, and when she finally has a name for Moya's son, she will give him one that will that he will bear proudly and in freedom. John is trying to record a message to his father, but cannot find the right words for it. When Aaron walks in on him and tells him how lucky he is because she knows little about her mother and even less about her father. I've got nothing. You guys got anything? Nothing. Nothing, nothing. at all. Jude? I did like the scene between Aaron and Pilot. However, I would still like for Pilot to be played by a human. I cannot with these puppets. That's, it's weird, That's right? the. I feel like that's the thing that's keeping me from really investing in this show and enjoying it is Rigel and Pilot. I can't get beyond it. Um, but I did enjoy the scene between Aaron and Pilot. They were both like, he's kind of in a rock between a hard place. Between a rock and a hard place. And and Aaron, like, no, he didn't say that to anyone, but Aaron was like, hey, compassion. Mm -hmm. That's a new thing for me. But, yeah. like, I enjoyed that about her storyline. Yeah, well, I mean, one of the interesting things is, is, like, in the first episode, so Moya and Pilot being part of Moya, mm -hmm. um, they were basically enslaved by the peacekeepers, and Aaron kind of, like, looked down on them as, as being, like, you know, like, slaves or, like, lesser beings. And throughout the course of the season, like, you know, she's had to come to rely on Moya to save her life, and uh, she's saved Moya numerous times. And so over time, like, her and Pilot have grown close, and, like, at this point, I think they even share like certain DNA. Yeah, they do. Uh, yeah. And um, so like the, the relationships that are being kind of like talked about in this section of the show are very important because like, you, you know, this crew has been through so much together. So, uh, I mean, I personally, I, I like these little like character bits. 
I can understand why. I just, because I'm not really connected to the characters, I've, I'm kind of having a hard time with this. I'm just like, okay, they're having a little one-on-one. It's cool. But I do agree that we we have done the show a disservice by hopscotching across mm-hmm. the season one. So I get that. I, 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 for that. I understand. No, it's not his fault. It's just the no, format no, that no. we do. Um, but I, <clears throat> I just don't have any kind of real connection to the characters. So I, these moments kind of go over my head. It's like... Well, so in the beginning, like Aaron, Aaron's son, uh, Claudia Black, mm-hmm. Claudia Black. Um, so her character is very like black and white, cut and dry, power, no power. And she like the thought of compassion and empathy is completely foreign to her. So mm-hmm. like seeing her go from that to this in the final episode that we're watching, the final episode of this first season, I felt like it was a really good character arc for her. Cool. Right on. I'm, I'm trying to figure out where... What, was, was this like a big budget show? You know, what, what, where, where, I don't, I'm trying to figure out where to like kind of like put this on the scale of like how to judge it. Because, you know, I look at shows like the BBC shows, Doctor Who, you know, Red Dwarf, you know, stuff <laughs> like that. You know, um, shows that are, I really like, but are made on shoestring kind budget. of the shoestring budget, cheap yeah. end kind of things. And I enjoy those. And, and I know, and I don't judge them for, crappy effects and crappy production value. But then right. I look at a show like this and I don't know where to put it. You, you know what I'm saying? It seems because, like they have a because budget. Because it's, it's not Battlestar Galactica, mm-hmm. but it's not Doctor well, Who. It's somewhere in the middle. This was, and I'm just I'm just kind of like, I don't, I don't know how sci-fi? to... I don't, I, yeah. I, I don't know how to... to uh, Gauge? Gauge it. Yeah, that's a yeah. good word. Uh, I, just, I don't get it. You know, because there's guys like... like uh, Tentacle head, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Um, can't stand him, hate him. That really bothers it you. Really you say it every me. time. You, you, you know, yeah. I, I need his mouth to move when he speaks, and I need I need his voice to not sound like he's coming from the recording <laughs> I booth. Think that might be you, though. It's just it's just very strange, and um, I don't know, man. All right. I don't know. It's just, I, it's weird. I also find like your guys's hatred of the puppets uh, very odd because I I, know. I I think for me personally and for a lot of people who like the show the puppets are what add to like the the enjoyment of it be, be, because like out of all the science fiction shows out there like the, mm-hmm. this one has some truly alien characters yeah. in them. and and I, I find like the puppets like it reminds me of like the original Star Wars where, where like it just felt like yeah it's a puppet but if you can suspend your disbelief it, it makes it fun and I totally understand that yeah I do because I'm trying to like figure out in my brain why I don't can't get on board with these yeah. puppets I because it. it's never really bothered me in other shows and stuff. You, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know, it's like if I watch a star Wars movie, I mean, Yoda feels real to me, yeah, but, here's but a, that's probably because I was 11 when I watched Yoda for the first time. Here's a better example. 30 years well, old when I, this one came out. One of the things, because mm-hmm. I struggle with the same thing. I'm watching the show and I'm like, normally practical effects are my jam. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, give me I, a yeah. fucking yeah. puppet every day. But for the show, I don't know why, but it doesn't it's, work. It doesn't work for me. And I, don't, I, 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 I get it. So th- what I was thinking about recently, I'm like, what kind of puppetry? Because this is not original trilogy Star Wars puppetry. Mm-hmm. It, there's something different about that. I don't there's, know if it's a cinematography or whatever. Yeah, it's Jim Henson. Um, yeah. These it's puppets very- remind me more of like, sequel trilogy puppets like the ones from jj abrams the force awakens where they're puppets but these they, are a bit more jar jar than um yoda not just jar jar well, but like 
like JJ tried to use puppetry in in the first in episode seven, and you can see them, but they're well. I didn't have puppets. a I didn't have a problem with most of Force Awakens practical effects. I, Those work. I, I think the Force Awakens or like the the sequel trilogy is is a bad analogy because this is the same company that basically did like the Dark Crystal, right? And that's okay. that's the vibe I'm and, getting and, from and, and like and the Muppet Show, like Labyrinth. Like, was yeah, so, yeah, okay. Labyrinth. See, I don't like Labyrinth <laughs> but, either. But here's either. the exactly that's yeah, yeah. it. I don't like Labyrinth. And I think if you inserted like live humans into a show like The Dark Crystal, I, that wouldn't work for me either. Mm-hmm. Y- you know, and it's I like feel all like, or nothing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Does that, does that make more sense? Because these these feel like plastic Muppet Show. Um, There's a sense Muppets. of whimsy that accompanies a yeah. Jim Henson uh, practical effect mm-hmm. that I don't know that this show is really um, embracing yeah. you know i never i never liked sesame street either when i was a kid yeah. maybe it's the same kind of maybe it's the same reason that i can't explain perfect example you. perfect example for me is the labyrinth like i do i do not like that movie yeah I don't so, and, and the puppets freak me out because they're, yeah, they're that weird kind of did a dot for me because i was like yeah. i do why do i like that oh it's the, the it's the sense of like magic, magic and yeah. whimsy we, we we talked about Labyrinth. I fucking hope I think, not. I think it, no, we did. We talked. <laughs> we did. No, you weren't we, here. We, we, we had JJ. It was one yeah. of our audio shows, and, okay. I, I, and I don't remember what I graded. I can't. I'm pretty sure I didn't like it. You didn't. I remember. Yeah. And it was probably kind of for the same reason I don't like this show. So Cause, it's because the the weird mix of of the Muppets <laughs> and the humans mm-hmm. doesn't quite jive with me. It doesn't feel organic. It feels like puppets and humans. Yeah. Yeah. You know. You know. Star Wars feels more organic and real. To me. I think a lot of that has to do with yeah. the cinematography. Could be. And I think it has Could to be. do with like watching it when it first comes out versus watching it 20 years. That's later. another thing so that's, too. Yeah. Yeah. yeah th- th- this is a very much a product of the 90s. Absolutely. Show. Yeah. 100%. And the, the 90s, even though it was kind of like the heyday of like cheap TV sci-fi, mm-hmm. um, like it still had its issues. But but I can remember at the time when this was airing, like there was nothing like this on TV yeah. because it was like so like far afield from like, you know, the forehead of the week on like other sci-fi shows. <laughs> that's a totally fair criticism though. Cause yeah. that's all they did on Star Trek. It's yeah. like, Oh, this person's from freaking Delta 12. Oh, yeah. what does he have? He's a freaking vagina on his head. <laughs> they explain Balls that though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In this show, they, they were like, no vagina heads. We're going to put a ball sack. On yeah. The ball chin. sack on the chin. Mm-hmm. Perfect. Ten- tentacles on his How head. Very avant-garde. Oh. And a beak on his nose. There you go. Yeah. It's like, what is he? What is this dude? He's just a lot of bunch of shit thrown together. That's it's just right. Let's keep going. Yeah. Go ahead, Kadish. <laughs> All right. Crace walks in on Rigel having a bath and says that he must discuss Rigel's future. Scorpius has ordered Rigel's execution. Crace asks if he really thought he could bargain with a Scarin half-breed like Scorpius. Rigel asks why Crace is warning him about this, and Crace says that they are in similar situations and he wants to survive. Rigel returns to Moya, and the others fear that it's a trap, even though he was not followed. Dargozon, Crichton, and Aaron all point their guns at the door as Rigel hovers in, saying not to shoot. He tells them not to let their reaction to what they will see next include weapons fire as Crace emerges from behind. Crace says that he asked Rigel for asylum and had it granted. He asks to be placed in a cell so that he won't be harmed, but Dargo takes exception to his presence and beats him until he reveals that Dargo was wrongfully imprisoned. Crace knew that Dargo was not guilty of the murder of his wife, with Aaron having previously told him that it was actually her brother, a peacekeeper, who committed the crime, but could not reverse his conviction. Crichton considers this an easy answer, but Crace counters that, as they are all proof of, life isn't fair. Shoot him. 
shoot them both. That's the, and <laughs> the second they did that, I was like, why? Why? What's going on here? They're like, oh, they're family. They're part of the ship. Like, dude, he just tried to betray you. And now the dude who's been like hounding you for an entire season is like, sorry guys, life isn't fair. Like, like my bad. <laughs> like fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> so that's my gut reaction, but maybe I'm more of a freaking. Well, also he needs a babysitter the entire time he's on the ship. If you're not going to immediately shoot him. Yeah, hundred percent. Well, I mean, they put him in the cell, but um, the, the interesting thing about this is that one of the cool things about this show is, is that um, the conflict between the crew is that everyone at some point or another kind of like turns on each other and they have to work through it. And Crace being like the big bad of season one, you, you know, like he had his development and like his episodes and his story in, in the season. Mm -hmm. And even though like he was like one of the enemies, a lot of times in the show, the bad guys end up becoming good guys and vice versa which was one of the aspects that made it very interesting yeah and with the introduction of scorpius and and his rise to be like the new big bad like the show it was like well now we need to do something with Crace, and and so like him defecting and you know going to the crew of moya and kind of like explaining his side of things and and then like you know his eventual betrayal and him going off and having his own story was like a natural outgrowth of Scorpius's rise um, as, as the main bad guy. So I actually like what they do with Crace's character kind of going forward because like he becomes a more interesting character than just like the guy who's like obsessed with like tracking down Crichton. Yeah, no, I totally get it. Like I, I've seen this story t type of thing play out in other genres and it works and it works really well. So for a fan of this show, I totally get why you would like this. It's like, oh, the big bad has turned. Now he's on the side. It kind of shakes things up. Now there's a bigger bad. There's always a bigger fish. I get it. Yeah, and another interesting thing was, and and they kind of explained this a little bit later, but I liked how Scorpius knew that Crace was going to like basically defect, and he used it to his advantage, and he like played along with it because he, it was like him moving a, a a pawn on the chessboard, and they explained it a little bit later, like why he allowed Crace to like leave with Rigel and stuff like that, and I thought it was very well done. Mm -hmm. I get it. I feel like Crace and Rigel are very similar, and probably could have just been this one character <laughs> well they're very amoral but one of the things that i like about the alien characters like rigel and pilot and stuff like that is that throughout the course of the the season like you get to know them as actual characters and so like if you've watched all 22 episodes by the time you get to this point they're just like any other character like they don't really stand out as like a muppet and it's kind of funny because you see like that that bathtub scene with Crace where he's talking with rigel and you're like this dude's just talking to a puppet mm -hmm. the, the um, bathtub scene that yeah. was weird with the black with the um, what, the, the the steam yeah, bath yeah. the dry and, ice dry ice and thank you why does did, did he have a bathing suit on he yeah have, he had something on is there like some weird rule about puppet nakedness Nudity? or something <laughs> i have no idea I thought it was weird. It's I, like, if he's going to be a slug, be a slug. You want to see that naked slug? I got to see well, that naked slug. I, I mean, one of the things about the Hynerians is like, they, they really do like to pamper themselves. Um, but, you know, when I was watching that scene, I was like, you know, like this guy is basically acting against a puppet. But at the same time, like I'm so used to this character and, and I love Rigel. I think mm -hmm. he's probably one of my favorite characters in the show. Um, like, I don't even notice the fact that he's a puppet because to me, it's, it's just a character. I, I wish I was in your shoes, yeah. man, because I can't, I can't get past it. I'm no, very I feel similar. bad because I know that you've, you've said, but like, while we're watching this, like that you really like this character. And I know you've had high hopes for us, like embracing the Muppets. <laughs> and I feel bad that it's, we too. just never got there. It's just never worked. It's weird. I don't know, man. I don't know what it is, but. Yeah. 
So if you're a club member and uh, you want to see us keep sludging through Farscape, <laughs> sludging. I mean, I'm not just, doing it. I'm out. <laughs> let us know. I'm not doing well, it. <laughs> we'll talk about it after. Uh, is that is that ready for the break? Okay. All right, guys, that's it for the first half of the show. If you want access to the entire episode, and we're going to get real salty in a minute, uh, trust me, uh, head over to saltynerdclub.com, sign up for, to become a club member. It's only $5 a month, and you guys get access to a ton of content, five or four and sometimes five extra episodes a month, depending on how the weeks are split up, uh, about classic sci-fi. Next month, we're doing Buck Rogers in the 25th century, which is oh, yeah. freaking weird. It's going to get really weird. It's going to get real weird. <laughs> so <laughs> join up if you haven't already. <laughs> <laughs> if uh if you want access to the entire library you also get that we've done doctor who stargate atlantis uh um it's an ever-growing library it's, there's huge amounts of stuff back well, how many episodes the, do you think we have in there by now at least 20 some odd plus oh i bet it's more than one that. week more than that. one for every week of the year yeah, yeah. it's a lot so, so anyway far. you guys get a huge library of ever uh, of ever-growing content and again it's only five dollars less than a, the price of a cup of yeah, coffee and they also get access to our outtakes too if you're if you're hot shit, yeah, and I those get, things are wild. I get really offensive. You get really offensive. So if you like offensive content, you can do that too. <laughs> so anyway, that's enough. That's enough for the pitch. SaltyNerdClub.com. Join up. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for watching this video. Like and subscribe. And if you're a club member, let's go.